been wanting to do a superpower month for, oh, lots of months. And for me, since lack of sleep is my kryptonite, I thought I'd weigh in today on what works for me to get to sleep and stay asleep. And I know we've touched on sleep several times in the last few weeks. You can go back to episode 19 and hear what Olympian Joe Jacoby had to say, or go back to episode 18 and listen to master dietitian Michelle Drylick as she chats about sleep. But today, I'd like to talk about why sleep is a superpower. Hello, and welcome to your Body Mind Fit Connection. If you're listening to this when we first go live, happy, happy new year. Any other time, well, then just happy, happy year to you. Today, I want to just touch base with you about sleep quality, what's worked for me. But before we start, I'd love to ask a favor. If you enjoy this podcast, would you please share it with your friends and even give it a review on iTunes or wherever it is you listen? It's time for us to start getting noticed in podcast reviews, and I love the comments we get over on the Angel Tiger Fit site. Here's what Amy Hope had to say about the Walk Like a Tiger episode number 15. When I went to a conference a couple of weeks ago, I went telling myself I was going to own that conference, and it was one of the best conferences I'd ever been to. I thought about why it was different. It was listening to this podcast. I realized that I had changed my mindset. Wow, thank you, Amy, and I love that episode too. It's a little silly on my end, but it really is something that has connected with me for a long time. So, okay, let's just jump right into today's topic. I always say that sleep is one of my superpowers, and if I don't get a good night's sleep, the next day I'm a little fuzzy in the head, I crave junk food, I'm less likely to exercise, I'm way less likely to jump out of bed and be ready to get the day started. And I do believe that getting a good start on the day is one of the best things we can do to make your day, your life shine. So here go my top tips on how to get to sleep and stay asleep at night. Plus, don't sweat trying to write all this down. You can grab a copy of the 10 top sleep tips on angeltigerfit.com. Just so you know, for me, a typical night's sleep is about eight hours. Sometimes it's seven, sometimes a little bit more than eight, but generally speaking, it's eight hours. I do go to bed early. And I get up really early too. So tip number one, don't use an alarm clock unless you have to use an alarm clock. I know that sounds a little silly, but what I mean is, since I go to sleep early, I naturally wake up early. I don't wake up to an alarm unless there's something going on that I've got to get up for. Say it's an early morning flight or maybe an early, early morning exercise class. But otherwise, I don't use an alarm to wake up. I allow myself to wake up naturally. And I trust myself that I'm going to get up in the morning. That said, if I have a reason that I need to be up at a certain time the next morning, I absolutely set an alarm clock. Because if I don't, I'm going to be waking up again and again throughout the night, thinking about, oh gosh, I've got to get up at a certain time in the morning. So I use an alarm clock then. Otherwise, I don't worry about it. And I stopped to take a little bit of... um, looking around before I did this one piece, because since I don't use alarm clocks, I thought, well, what are people using? People are using some scary things out there. I have to tell you, I mean, there are some people that aren't waking up. There are like runaway alarm clocks on wheels. There's an alarm clock that clucks like an escalating chicken. There's screaming meanie alarms. I mean, (laughs) pun intended, it's actually quite alarming just reading these. So do a quick search. If you need an alarm clock, come up with something that's non-jarring, like something that's going to bring you out of your sleep, either with noise or with light, which takes us to tip two, which is total darkness in your bedroom. I'm sure you've heard me say before that I have no letters behind my name. 
So I'm not going to go into the science behind anything we're talking about today. But if you're interested, do some reading. There's a reason to keep your room dark. And I mean dark at night. I use blackout curtains. Any lights connected to any electronics in the room are covered with little electric tape. I'm a little crazy about this, but it pays off. If you can't go total dark, use a red nightlight and don't have it where it shines anywhere near your face. And I'll talk about red lights again later, but there is definite reasons to use a red light and not a white light. Tip three, earplugs. Not everyone's comfortable with this, but I have a dog and she does get up and walk around in the middle of the night. So for me, putting in earplugs just kind of muffles any sound and it makes it a little bit easier for me to stay asleep. I also have a cat whose superpower is trying to keep me awake, so earplugs help. And I know a lot of people like to keep lock their animals out of the room at night. For me, they're part of the family and it just doesn't feel right, so the earplugs knock out most of the noise. In addition to the earplugs, I have a, an air filter that runs in the room, so it's more like white noise, kind of like a a consistent white noise. Some people use what they call pink noise, which could have differing rhythms. Maybe it's rain or, or whatever it is. People use different things. Whatever you're going to use, make sure that it's not going to have a light on it that keeps you awake. And we'll talk more about electronic lights in a minute. Tip four, keep a cool room at night. For me, in the summer, cool is about 68. In the winter, it could be 66. It doesn't mean there's, there's not a lot of blankets on the bed, so I can regulate my temperature, but I do keep it pretty cool. And once again, there are physical reasons behind keeping a room cold at night and reasons that makes you sleep better. Doesn't work for everyone, but for most people it does. If you have a partner and you have different opinions on temperature, well, I have a couple of friends and I'm going to not use their names, so let's call them Susie and Al. Well, Susie and Al got married later in life and they... Oh gosh, I mean, they were so careful since it was, you know, they were later in life and they were careful about this and they went through all the questions and they did some counseling and, you know, they knew exactly what they were getting into when they moved in together. But what they never talked about was the temperature in the house. And they run two completely different body temperatures. So it's kind of a place of funny but it's also been a little bit difficult for them. So my suggestion was that they get something called a chili pad. And a chili pad is a high-priced mattress pad that allows for different zones of temperature on your bed. So you can have a colder side, you can have a warmer side. We figured that, you know, it's not cheap, but it's less than a marriage counselor, right? So another thing you can do is if you have an automatic thermostat in the evening, start by maybe a couple hours before you go to sleep having your thermostat slowly go lower. And then in the morning, have your thermostat slowly start warming up. That's kind of a normal way for us to feel and our bodies to be when we're waking up. Tip five isn't for everyone, but it has certainly helped me. So just in case, think about a night guard. I grind my teeth. I've done this all my life. And what I found was I would wake up in the middle of the night. My jaw would be tired, maybe a little irritated. And so I went to my dentist and I got a mouth guard and I wear it every night. And it really, really helps me really be more relaxed when I sleep because I just know right away that there's not going to be a lot of grinding going on. Tip six, watch the caffeine. Typically, don't have any caffeine after lunch. Best case scenario, maybe not even after morning time. 
I know there are lots of people who say caffeine does not bother them. It doesn't affect them. To my friends who say that, I would suggest that mm, you do a little more reading on that because caffeine is a pretty strong drug, actually. It's even in things like chocolate. So in the evening, you could skip your caffeine and your sugar. So if you eat ice cream or chocolate or things like that in the evening, you might think about skipping it. And I guess like right now, I'm sounding like a total wet blanket, right? Yep, I think so. Because tip number seven is don't drink. You've probably heard me say it over the last while that for about a year and a half, two years, I don't drink at all for periods of time, maybe three months or six months. And I do this for a lot of reasons. But the one thing that I notice the most change in is my sleep quality. My sleep is so much better if I don't have anything to drink. People tell me that having wine or drinks in the evening help them fall asleep. But what it'll do is it'll help you fall asleep, but then you're going to wake up again in a couple of hours. So if you can completely cut it out, I don't know, say five nights a week, it's going to make a huge difference in your sleep quality. And you've taken all the nighttime sugar out of your diet too. Plus, some people snore when they drink and snoring will wake you up. And if you sleep next to someone who snores, well, you know, it's going to wake you up. Tip number eight, this is where I'm living large, herbs. It's not every evening, but a lot of nights I'll have a cup of tea or some sort of herbal concoction. It's like all the sleepy herbs, which of course is a technical term, but like valerium or passionflower, lemon balm, chamomile. It's just different herbs that are thought to help you sleep easier. Sometimes I'll even take a capsule of herbs and you can find them, you know, in the, in the, I don't know, health food section of your store. And some of them are called like deep sleep or restful sleep. I really don't know if it helps me fall asleep quicker. I really don't know. I haven't done any tests on myself to try with or without, but I think it does help. I don't typically take melatonin. I know a lot of people do use it for sleep. I've read things that have made me less inclined to take melatonin on an ongoing basis. As far as sleeping pills go, I am looking for all the ways here today that we can talk and look at that have nothing to do with any sort of sleeping pill, whether it's over-the-counter or prescription. Do your own reading, but I just do think you're way better off without the drugs, if at all possible. Tip number nine, skip the electronics, the screens, the social media, the working in bed, the laptops next to your bed. You get the idea. I mean, I do watch a little TV in the evening, maybe an hour or so before I go to bed, but I don't keep phones in the room. I don't have my iPad in the bedroom. I don't do any of that. I don't look at social media or email or anything that night that would really start stimulating my mind and get me thinking. A lot of what I do at night is designed to slow my mind down. If I'm watching TV, I'm not a fan of gory, scary, zombie, ETC, right? I tend to go with movies that are a little bit more Disney or a little bit more positive, something that's just going to keep my mind a little bit restful at night. Tip number 10, and this is kind of what I've been saying the whole time, turn your mind off. I do it by reading. And I'm very specific about what I read, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But when I read at night, I used to use a headlamp with a red light. You know, this is what I was talking about earlier. You can either take my word on it or do some reading, but there are a lot of reasons to use only a red light at night. Don't use your table lamp and then fall asleep with it on. It kind of defeats everything. Um, and if you're using white light to read by, you're not in sleep mode. And this goes with screens, telephones, iPads. 
So I used to read with a red light headlamp. But what happened is I'd fall asleep, and if it was a big book, then it would bash me in the face, right? So eventually what I did was I decided that I was going to move to a Kindle, and I know I've been saying no screens. Uh, what I do with the Kindle is I use one that's a paper white, which is supposed to have the lowest amount of blue light. I also use an app called Easy Eyes, which is supposed to tone down that blue light more, and then I keep the light on really low. I mean, I can see it in the dark. It's so low that during the day, you wouldn't be able to see it. And then the final piece I use, I always have books on my Kindle that I call throwdown books. These are the books that are not going to get me thinking. They're not going to stimulate my brain in any way. They're not business books. They're not self-help books or nutrition or exercise. They're not even really good fiction books because I don't want a book that I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I'm going to keep reading. What I'm looking for is the B minus fiction. And I know it sounds like a waste of time, but for me, if I'm reading that book and I'm a few minutes in, I'm asleep. And then when you wake up in the middle of the night, instead of immediately thinking about things that are going on, what you need to get done that day, what's, you know, I don't know about you, but I know my mind will immediately engage if I'm not careful. So when I wake up in the middle of the night, I just go straight to that B minus book. My mind just goes, turns right back off and I fall right back to sleep. And I guess actually there's a part two to this tip. It's kind of an 80-20 thing for me because I certainly don't hit 100% of the time, but probably about 80% of the time. And that's when I finish working for the day. I take a few minutes to schedule what's going to happen the next day, what didn't get done, I carry it forward, what time I have to get up, what my exercise is, anything that I just need to kind of like do to get organized for the next day. And then I walk away from my desk. I don't think about work again. It's done until the next morning. I hope these sleeping superpower tips have helped. I really hadn't thought about all the things I do at night before I go to sleep. It only takes me a couple of minutes, but these are things I've done over the years that seem to have really helped me achieve a pretty good amount of sleep at night. I know with a pretty good amount of sleep at night, I have a really clear brain the next day. Uh, you can certainly grab the sleep checklist at angeltigerfit.com. This is episode number 21. And a couple of the upcoming superpower weeks are going to be the power of friends, the power of habits. I know we've chatted about habits before, but mm, there's a lot there. The power of weights and the power that goes into the things we don't even think about exercise and what it does for us. It's the silent power of exercise. So have a wonderful week. Thank you so much again for listening to your Body Mind Fit Connection. You can pick up your sleep checklist at angeltigerfit.com. This is episode 21. And one thing I didn't mention that helps me sleep like a baby at night is Riley and his team at podigy.co. I get to chat with you, hand everything over to Riley, and I never worry about it again. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, talk to my friends at podigy.co. They are going to make you sleep like a baby too. And in the meantime, have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. See you. Bye-bye.